Welcome back. Yep. We told you we were going to have a genius on, and he is a genius. Um, he knows everything about everything. The former head of everything in NCAA, specifically NCAA tournament. The great, the great Greg Shaheen. My friend, let's get right to it. Do you mind? Let's go for Does it. Does Indiana have any shot of making a tournament other than winning the they, tournament? They got to have a great week. I can't, I can't uh, see them being able to make inroads without at least getting – uh, to Sunday uh, to, to get a serious look. Because they, they do play team enough. Like they, they, they got kind of a break in terms of that, right? Playing Iowa yep. and Wisconsin. So you got break enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think, there, I think there's a path to do it. Uh, and, it and it could be, you know, have to, it, depends on, it depends on where everybody else winds up sorting out here in the next few days. But there are just so many uncertainties right now. I'm not a big believer that uh, there's uh, just a handful of teams left. I think it's pretty wide open at the margins because there are so many teams that could prove themselves this week. As we sit here on Tuesday, nobody as of yet has burst a bubble for anybody else, correct? Yeah, really. It, 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 nothing obvious anyway. Yeah. All right. Now, let's look at something uh, relative to Purdue. Purdue is obviously in a tournament. Purdue is Big Ten champs. Since they won the Big Ten title, they went and beat Northwestern at Northwestern. Ceiling for Purdue in terms of a uh, a seed? Uh, you know, you got to believe they're solidly at a four now. Um, you know, they could, it depends on what those above them do. Uh, and there are some scenarios. You've got, you know, for example, three Pac-12 teams above them. Two of them are going to lose this week at least. Uh, you've got three ACC teams. Two of them are going to lose at least. So there are scenarios where they can make some movement up. Uh, hard to get probably to the uh, beyond uh, the two line, but a solid appearance in the two line is possible if uh, some things were to break their way. Is Michigan State in the tournament? Boy, I'll tell you, I, I don't know what you think, Coach, but I, I think that is, a, is one of the closest calls uh, th- that I've seen. I think they're in. But I think it's um, it's as close as it's probably ever been. I agree. Like I, people have put Michigan State in, and I started studying what they've done, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just so you take a cluster of teams. It was kind of it, where I was going in the last 24 or 48 hours. You know, if you were to take Michigan State and you take Vanderbilt and you take Xavier and you take Wake Forest and you take USC and you take Syracuse and you take Illinois State. And you batch them all together, just as an example, and that's just a handful of them. There's still some others. To compare them all takes a fair amount of time, in part because there are not necessarily obvious distinctions that separate them. They're, they're in a cluster. They all have to take care of business. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt is just this odd situation that everybody seems to be focused on. And I think it, again, comes down to whether or not uh, they do well and hold court this week. They did fine uh, as it related to taking care of business, as we discussed on Friday. They took care of business with Florida. That's a high mark, and and they get a lot of credit for that. But at a certain point in time, they've also got to demonstrate that they can play with the others in the league as well. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how their week pans out. Does does in, in just a very simplistic? Does Michigan State have a signature win? Do they have a great win? Yeah, it's not obvious in my mind. It's a, there's still you know there's still room for them to go. I mean, I, they're really relying on Minnesota mm-hmm. in a way because that win at Minnesota uh, gives them a, a good stride, and that they have both home and away. But to, to beat them on the road, 
they uncharacteristically have had a, a real struggle um, on the road. You know, an Izzo team normally is just so formidable, both at home and abroad, if you will. Uh, this time, you know, it's a team that really struggled uh, as they went away, and uh, overall, uh, with only a couple of uh, a couple of road wins. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they play the tough schedule. Is is this where Vanderbilt has an advantage? I think they have either the number one or two schedule in the country. Yeah, it, it certainly helps, and it certainly brings them. You know, the, the the Florida piece alone gets them some attention. The fact that Iowa State has turned out to be uh, as solid as they have been. Arkansas finishing strong helps them. Uh, South Carolina's struggle, you know, has been a bit of a, a setback uh, overall. The, the, you know, as we discussed on Friday, the committee, I think, will spend a fair amount of time just pondering the Missouri uh, loss uh, for Vanderbilt because it'll be a combination of a loss total and trying to figure out how you lose to a team that's in the bottom 20% of Division One. Um especially down the stretch, and, and how you make all those pieces fit. Uh, so I think that's a tough one. But you're right, the schedule itself uh, is, a, is a high mark for them. Loss at Rutgers. Illinois play its way off the bubble? Yeah, and I just, you know, that, that's a perfect one. And I know you and I saw a coach at the Final Four last year. And we were having this conversation. I think he was, uh, you know, really holding out hope that they were going to be uh, better this year. And they have some things on their resume that look okay, but they have more work still to you know still to go. And when you don't take care of that, the Rutgers thing basically puts them, you know, it gives them a loss that is notable here at the end, which is a problem. Uh, so yeah, they, I think they're on the outside looking in right now, and they would need help to to be brought back in. Greg Shaheen, nice enough to join us, ran the NCAA tournament, set up the modern model for the NCAA, the NIT, all the postseason tournaments. Do you believe, I've heard Billis say this, and I'm just curious, do you believe that these games shouldn't count for your, uh, should should the, should the, other than for the automatic bid, do you think these games shouldn't count to increase your chances? Is it unfair? Yeah, you know, I, I've heard Jay on this, and and I think that you know Jay's always a creative thinker and outside of the box thinker. Um, you know, I, I'm setting aside in answering this. Let's set aside the marketing implications of it and the business implications mm-hmm. of it. The bottom line is each conference gets to decide how they pick their winner, and so I'm not really sure if if that. If that's what they want to do, then that's fine. They can they can say you know right now they can say uh, you know as the Ivy did forever uh, that their regular season champion uh, wins uh, their AQ and that's fine uh, if they want to. That's up to the conference. It's not up to the committee or the NCAA in any way. And so each year they can, heck they can change it. Every other year they can do it a different way. So I'm not really sure. I, I know what to think about that. I, if the conference wanted that to happen, they, they could. My general experience, and you and I have been in meeting rooms before with some of these conference discussions, that can be such a complicated group think that goes on in those rooms. You know, somebody with an idea about here's how we do it, or they react, you know, they micromanage or an analysis of what happened this past year, and then everybody runs to that idea. Uh, you know, how many years did we live with, well, the Valley in 2006, and how did they succeed? And they busted the system. It, it's just not like that. Every year is different. Every committee is different. 
every scenario is different. And so the notion that we have to beat it one way or another with something gimmicky, I don't know that you have to do that. So I, I, I think it's leaving well enough alone is, is interesting now with conferences like the Horizon League this year that you know that's a, that may be a tough pill to swallow uh, for a team that's played well all year long. What does the word soft bubble or bad bubble? What do those words mean? What does that mean? That's a great question. I you know I I'm never really sure. I, I, I had, last night I was chuckling because some of the pundits that that you and I have talked about through the years. You know, some are saying it's a really hard bubble. It's a really soft bubble. I, I don't know what that means. Here's what I'd say. I, I don't know that there uh, of the 36 at-large births that will be given out on Sunday, I don't know that there's a clear picture of uh, more than maybe two dozen that have done enough to absolutely work their way into the tournament. So let's say there are 12 parking spaces left and you've got 25, 30 cars to get in there. Every game counts, especially, you know, here in the next few days. You don't want to do anything to embarrass yourself, and you definitely want to demonstrate that you can close the deal if you have the opportunity. And that's where teams like Indiana and the like, you know, hold out hope and can have a chance uh, to do something. But the the bubble descriptions kind of always get me. I, there's no glossary that I follow that has one term or the other that, that – uh, is absolute. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I sit there go, what? what does that mean? Every year there's the same thing. There's a, like you said, you said it perfectly. There's 25 teams for 12 spots. So let's figure it out. I mean, every year it's the same. And then every yeah, year we complain about the little guy. Every year we complain about seeding. Then every year we have good games. Yeah, it's just it's just a right it's just a right of passage. Right. You know, right? And it's just, right. It, but it is interesting to me how the collective memory of the you know, the country and fandom seems to not recall what just happened, you know, 12 months ago. Right. This has happened. This has happened every year. And uh, it just, yeah, the teams are different. Maybe the conferences are different. The storylines may be slightly different. Uh, So you're going to have an Illinois state or you're going to have a Monmouth. Uh, You're going to have these unique circumstances where, you know, sure, then let's expand the tournament. If that's what everybody wants to do, let's do that. There's just always going to be an argument for teams that don't get into anything. I mean, why wouldn't there be? That That's always the thought. There are a lot of explanations, excuses, analysis, injuries, rationales, but you just can't. There's just not an absolute about it. Folks just need to know that that's part of the fun. I think when you really settle in and accept that part of the debate, part of the discussion uh, is is part of the reason it's so so enjoyable, uh, then it really kind of makes a lot more sense. Yeah, my idea that, hey, look, why bother? They're going to tell us on Sunday anyway isn't really accurate. That's right. I mean, it's not accurate, though. It's not the way that that this needs to go. i got to ask you about one more team, Iowa. Does Iowa oh. – is, is Iowa in the tournament? Might be in the tournament? Could be in the tournament? Where's Iowa? I think Iowa would have to do – Iowa's <laughs> another one of these teams that is going to have to demonstrate that it – can close the deal. I wouldn't say that it's absolutely, you know, again, I'm one of these guys who right now would say they're one of 25 teams, right? For 12 spots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You just, you just sit there. I mean, they have notable wins uh, where, you know, they've beaten the the top of the conference. They also, you know, they share with Vanderbilt that Iowa and Iowa state win, uh, which is notable. And those will be the kind of pivot things, by the way, I should say. So Iowa and Vanderbilt are great examples side by side. They'll look at things like, 
the uh, van, or like the uh, the Iowa State wins, and you know that they both have them. That could help them compared to some other teams, and like they've done a lot. The committee will spend a fair amount of time, and I'm sure who's ever monitoring the uh, Big Ten has gotten explanations regarding their Memphis loss. Uh, and their Nebraska-Omaha uh, loss. Um, the Nebraska-Omaha loss being a, a home loss uh, is one of those that they have to figure their way through. Um, and that, that didn't make much sense. Uh, but otherwise, you know, they, they have done probably enough to, uh, to be in the last discussion. Whether they've done enough or not to get in, I think probably comes down to what they do in the next few days. I really appreciate it, my friend. You're joining us the Monday to break it all down, right? Monday after Selection Sunday? Absolutely. We will be hanging in Bristol, having fun. You're the best. Thank you, my friend. You got it. Take care. All right. That's our guy, Greg Shaheen. Ran a tournament for years. When we come back, a great article. Teddy, or excuse me, Greg Shaheen, courtesy of the Four Winds Lakeside Inn and Marina Hotline. We come back to great Teddy Greenstein. Chicago Tribune basketball national writer. He was embedded with a number of referees. He went with the referee crew for a couple games. Really good story. You'll like it. And Teddy also, of course, is a Northwestern grad. We got to talk to him about the Cats. Stan Dockage, Kyle Knezovich, Lee Ross, bringing it to you on a Tuesday.